0: Dala to Curry back to Igadala up to the layup. Oh, blocked by James. It's
1: over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions. Once again, the Cavaliers are NBA champions.
0: That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, as always, Cavs Insider Cameron Carlin. Cameron. What's up, dude? Chase, how you doing, my man? Dude, I am doing great. Let's jump right in. We have so much to talk about. The Cavs have dominated a drama-filled week, Cameron. Uh, let's just get things started with our first segment here. Kind of rapid reactions to the week, Cameron. The Cavs are in struggle
1: mode. What can you tell us, dude? Yeah, it's 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 crazy. About the first thing I word I can think of is turmoil. It's yeah. just. So much is going on on top of losing games. I mean, it's hard to, you don't even realize the Cavs are three and seven in their last 10. It's like each loss mounting on top of everything with the drama that you hear about coming out of the locker room. It seems like we do this every, every January towards the end of every winter, but this, I don't know, this one might feel a little bit different than seasons past.
0: So just this past week, let's kind of run through what has happened with the Cavs. We, uh, had some really, really bad losses. We gave up the most points is it in Cavs history? Tied for the most points in franchise the history with
1: 148.
0: Against the Thunder. We had a players only meeting that ended up being broad almost essentially should just could have been broadcast to the world.
1: Broadcasted, right, Everyone
0: knew what was going on. The the team went on uh, I mean you mentioned there are three and seven in the last ten. So much drama that uh, Kevin Love got knocked down, and we had players
1: stepping over him instead of helping him up. Now, that, as well, I would well, first I'd like to say, as a, as a former player, now granted it was only at Division two college level, but as a former player, the players only meeting thing to me, it's, it's tough because you only get a couple chances at that. Sure. You, you can do it once. And it's serious. Then you do it the second time, and it's okay. We need to hammer this home and get the message. Then, when you start doing three, four players only meetings, it right. just becomes redundant. Nobody's really listening still at that point, and the yep. message you're trying to convey just never gets across. So they so they, they, they got to be careful with with all of, all of that because it could lead, as we've seen people say in the news, it could it could lead to to worse. Yep, than better. So there's obviously stuff going on in the team.
0: We've had. Rumors of coaches being fired, rumors of players being traded. And now, to top it all off, Cameron, Stephen A. Smith reported yesterday that Dan Gilbert is looking to sell the team. And over all of this hangs the cloud of what is happening to LeBron. It's, it's Cameron, funny because the Cavs
1: Cameron, let me ask us who's better right now. The Browns or the Cavs? It's uh, that's, it's funny because that's literally what it seems like. Almost anything that you could come up with that could be going wrong. You would say is going wrong right now. They're losing games. LeBron's going to leave. Isaiah's hurt and not doing good. They're not They're Everyone's getting up on Kevin Love. The owner wants to sell the team. It's literally just the, what, what, looks like from the outside of the the absolute bottom so but.
0: talk us off the ledge cameron talk us off the ledge because right now Cavs twitter is hysterical they're in hysteria Cavs reddit is just like oh my god this is the word like it, it, it is like a code red armageddon cameron talk us off the ledge here man what what can you tell us fans who are looking at this and we're like this is the beginning of the end like this is it it's happening
1: yeah, well, the, the one thing that I will say is that this team is definitely not finished there. I think that that has somewhat to do with some of the struggles as well as that the team and everyone knows that there's going to be pieces added and pieces taken out of this team. Mm-hmm. So they know that they're not even a full team yet. They're still integrating pieces. Again, they still have the mindset of it, what, what really matters is May and June. January, yes, it matters, but as long as the Cavs make the playoffs, how they're performing and the attitude of the team in May and June is all that matters at the end of the day.
0: It matters to me because I have a, a bet with LeBron to be the MVP. So, so that matters to me. Yeah. So, so these I, months I've, matter
1: to me. I hear you. I've had an ongoing bet with one of my buddies too. It's it's double or nothing now for up to like two hundred dollars now for LeBron to be an MVP for the past four years as well. But that's hilarious. Yeah, so he's, I would like to imagine he's he's probably slipping in that a little bit with this with this going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was the front runner for sure. So all right, so let's let's start here. Uh, what. Trades? Do do you like legitimately see happening with the team? Like, what moves can you see us making?
1: It's it's definitely hard to tell. But one thing I could say is that the George Hill deal—that's not something where Cavs get George Hill and you think that wow they they fixed everything. But in no way, shape, or form does adding George Hill to your team make you worse. It definitely makes you a better team. He's a good guard who could guard both positions in the backcourt. He could guard your point guard or your two guard. He's a solid size, about six 6'4", um, and he's able to shoot the three. He's been over a 40% shooter the past couple of years from three-point land. So someone that's able to play defense, guard the point guard, and spot up and knock down threes always fits in well with LeBron. And uh, LeBron-led team. This is so, my question. Why would they not sign him last year in the offseason? if? I- if they knew that he
0: could play both ends and that he could shoot the three and that he's got length, why would the Cavs not? Why would they pursue Derrick Rose and not George Hill?
1: Um, I just have to believe that they couldn't afford it. George Hill's, that's one of the, I think that that's one of the reason, things that's holding up this trade right now as well is George Hill's got a $20 million deal guaranteed for next year as well. And you signed Derrick Rose for the veteran minimum for $2.3 million. So you would take, at the end of the day, you'd take your chances with, uh Derrick Rose over George Hill in that situation when you're going to save 18 million dollars especially with the type of cap situation that the Cavs have been in so who the Cavs give up for George Hill what's the trade rumor it's rumored Shumpert and um Channing Fry. see ya. you know, and I'm I, I'm I'm reluctant on Channing I'm giving up Channing he I I am um, Do not understand how he's not been a part of the rotation. He, if you look, he was in the lineup the whole entire time when Tristan was hurt. When we went on a thirteen-game winning streak, even if you throw the guy in there for ten minutes, he could get hot and hit three, three, three pointers for you and flip the game around. Yeah,
0: he's still suspect on defense, though.
1: He's very, yeah. He definitely struggles on defense, but I mean, you could with It's not like he could get much worse. You could have. I feel like you could have him out there for a little bit. That's true. Shumpert though. To be honest, I've been underwhelmed with Shumpert his whole time here. Yep. In a perfect world, Shumpert would be the guy that you could stick on Klay Thompson or Steph Curry, and you would feel very good about that. Sure. Where he was in his career when we got him.
0: 2015 but, in the finals, he was being left wide open, and he wouldn't shoot. Or when he did shoot, right. he missed. And right. the past couple – I mean, missing shots is, like, horrendous on offense. He, Shumpert, he was, I, he I'm he in dealt, the same boat, man.
1: Yeah, he dealt with a lot of injuries, but – you know, that, that was a while ago. When he was with the Knicks, he was a lot better shooter. He was more bouncy, a lot better defender. He still has game, definitely. But if he's a casualty to bring in a better player, it is what it is.
0: Are there any other trades that that you're hearing the Cavs are looking to pursue?
1: Um, I, I would like to imagine they're always knocking the door on Paul George. But at, as we've seen as of late, that door is definitely closing. Um, with Russell, Russell Westbrook endorsing him big time, calling out the media, calling out everybody for him not being an all-star, which yeah, I, would, I agree he should be an all-star too. He's probably one of the best two-way players we have in this game. He's leading the league in steals and averaging 21 a game next to Russell Westbrook. Being able to do that and, and the way he plays defense, the guy's got to be an all-star. Pretty upset he's not a Cavalier as well.
0: Sure. So uh, do you see Ty Lu finishing the season with the Cavs? We're just we're just like running through these, man.
1: Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I do see him saying I because a couple wins does a lot for you. And if the cat the Cavs got um, the Pacers and the Pistons coming up, uh, both home games. Even if the Cavs win two games in a row, it just calms everything down. One and that will allow them to get new pieces in. Then they'll give them time to integrate new pieces. And I think that he'll be able to outlast that because we should be winning some games here soon.
0: Yeah. So all right, I, I want two names, Cameron. I want one player. You can see the Cavs targeting and one coach that you can see the Cavs tar- targeting after we lose these next two.
1: <laughs> after we lose these next two. I like that. Um, well, Chase, honestly, I feel like there's two options here. If yep. the Cavs do decide to use the Brooklyn pick, Oh, okay. You're gonna be able to get a an all star caliber player, maybe even a player to go along with that. You can get DeAndre Jordan for something like that. You maybe throw in Tristan Thompson and get Lou Williams in that trade as well. Mm. I would definitely uh, that would that's like that. that would be something to consider for sure. But if the Cavs decide against using the Brooklyn pick. Then you're going to end up getting someone like George Hill, maybe another player like that. And there's a lot, of, a lot of players like that become available around the deadline, especially for teams, younger teams like the Kings, for example, just trying to get rid of some of their contracts and let their younger players play. Yeah,
0: players like the Magic, the Bulls, right. uh, the Mavericks, are really looking Dallas, to start tanking. Yeah. Um, cool, cool, cool. All right, so do you have a name for a coach?
1: I got to go with Fisdale, David Fisdale from Memphis. Um, just because of the association with LeBron, along with Mark Jackson as well. Also, those are those guys have been defensive-emphasized uh, coach coaches. Mark Jackson's always had a um, a connection with LeBron and Rich Paul. Through he's he's his agent, so gotcha. I got it's all. It, there's always going to be something there. All right. Know? So
0: so, Cameron. There's a lot of LeBron has a lot of power in the Cavs organization.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and as it's it's hard not to give him some though. Sure, you but. Know?
0: With the recent uh, rumor that Gilbert's looking to sell, why do you think that is? Do you think Gilbert is looking to sell because he knows that right mm-hmm. now the Cavs are, are valued more than they ever will? Because Gilbert knows he's leaving, or would, is Gilbert looking to sell? So, okay, here's my here's my hot take. Here's my silver lining, Cleveland optimistic take. LeBron uh, is duping everybody. LeBron is in for the long con. LeBron is tanking right now to make everyone think he's leaving so you can buy the Cavs from Gilbert? Let's
1: go. That would be amazing. Yeah, I know, right? Um, um, Honestly, I think that he's just a great businessman. And at at any time, if – say somebody's offering them, uh, say say he knows that the value is the highest that it is and he bought the Cavs for – I'm not exactly sure of this number but say he bought the Cavs for 3 or 400 million dollars. The Cavs are worth a billion and a half right now. Yeah. If he could get out on that with that much money then he's for him that that's definitely was a good investment. But I would love to believe that your theory is 100% true that LeBron becomes the owner. Is that possible? Can you be the owner player? Sure. Make All right. Coach?
0: So <laughs> in 2005 Gilbert bought the Cavs for 375
1: million wow and uh, okay so if you're if you invested 375 dollars in something and someone offered you 1500 for it it'd be hard for you to say no
0: yeah i mean that's true but also it seems like he loves being in the spotlight he loves having his name thrown out there and he loves going to the draft like all that so optic wise (laughs) looking at this it doesn't.
1: He's a very committed owner, though. you gotta, you
0: got to get that. You very easily can make the narrative that Gilbert is selling because LeBron is leaving.
1: It's, it's a harsh realization that I've been. Over the past, I know the first episode we did this, I said yeah. there's no way he's leaving over the past couple of weeks. I would yep. be lying to you if I said that that percentage didn't creep up in my head.
0: Yep. That's this cool. is the bleakest I've felt about the team, the bleakest I've felt about LeBron staying in Cleveland. And uh, honestly, man, has me worried for the Cavs' future. Uh, yeah, right now, what, what percentage do you have LeBron stand in Cleveland right now?
1: Man, I can't believe I'm even going to say this. I would say it's still like 75%. Mm. But, wow, that means I'm saying there's 25% chance that he is going to leave, and that scares me. When That's higher
0: bit. than me. I'm at 40% right now.
1: Yeah, there's Whereas p- before, I
0: was, I was say- like at 92%.
1: There's people right there's uh, I, I, people even think that I'm crazy that to say 75% but it's January still so we'll see what happens what if he has one of the best finals runs in NBA history and we wins the finals he's not leaving
0: again i mean he's had that the past two finals man <laughs> every <laughs> finals that's the narrative yeah. the brown at the, right. the best seven game finals stretch in finals history uh, real right. quick got to give a shout out to your boy Braun, 30 youngest to 30k um, yeah. Cameron, do you have a Brown story you could, you could share?
1: Um, so Yeah, actually, a good one. So I used to work for the Browns as an equipment intern, and he was at practice one of the days to see Manziel um, in training camp. And we stayed after, me and one of my equipment buddies, we stayed after, after practice and actually walked up to him in the lobby, got a picture with him. But when it was my turn, my turn to meet him, when I, when I shook his hand, I had to tell him. Thanks for coming back. I knew you were. I knew it. I knew you were coming back the whole time. And he just like kind of chuckled and said, "Yeah, for sure." And like I shook his hand again and told him, "I was like, dude, I swear I knew it." Like, <laughs> and he just like laughed again. And I, it was he was probably like, "All right, dude, get away from me." But I just say, LeBron, shout out if somehow you listen to this, that that was me. I did know it. But yeah. you gotta you gotta stay. But. That that and just other than him being just like such an inspiration to everybody, he's easily the greatest basketball player that we've ever seen in our generation. I mean, on top of scoring 30,000, 30, that made him the only player already in NBA history with 30,000 points, 7,000 rebounds, and 7,000 assists. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't define the greatest player of all time already, then I don't know what, what else could, you know?
0: And I think that's really close to his – like, I know he doesn't average 37-7, and 7, but it's very close to that. It's like
1: 20, – 7 and 27-7-7. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, First career.
0: Man, what it, a week. Unbelievable. It,
1: it, it, one, one thing, too. if In the next five years, if he plays 75 games per year, which is his average, 22.4 points per game, and he's the all-time leading scorer, four years at 75 games per year, 27.9. So somewhere in four-and-a-half-year range from now, he's going to become the all-time leading scorer. That's no doubt. The rate he's at right now, there's no way he's slowing down enough to not do that in four-and-a-half years.
0: That will be a party for sure. Hopefully it's in Cleveland. Right. Uh, well, let's move on to our second segment of the show, a, a recap of the Week 14 slate. We had three games last week. Uh, obviously, we had the, the game against the Warriors on January 15th. We lost that one, 118-108. to 108. We bounced back three days later with a with a one point win. Woo! One point win over the Orlando Magic. Man, I, that is a good win. A one point yeah. win over the Magic. If you want to turn your franchise around, uh, one, no, I'm being very sarcastic. One hundred four to one hundred three. We barely squeaked by the Magic, the lowly Magic, and then we we got crushed a couple days later against the Thunder. One forty eight to one twenty four. It was a three game homestand, and we. Uh, Drop two of the three. What are some of your takeaways from the week fourteen slate, uh, Cameron?
1: Um, uh, the Warriors game. Yeah, I think we had talked about it last time. But Magic, that we that was a, should have been a loss. When I was watching it, I was honestly saying, I hope that we lose this game. It it it, it served us no good as a win, to be honest, as a team. You know, we we lost
0: so much. I almost called you Jeremy because I'm used to the Browns losing in <laughs> other podcasts, right? Yeah, I mean, if I.T. didn't hit those two free throws.
1: Just the fact that it got to that point, you know, is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy to me. The Thunder game was unbe- – what, what's unbelievable about that to me is when I look at a score of 148, when I look at the box score, I think, okay, they probably scored like 90 in the first half or maybe they had like a 50-point quarter or something crazy happened. They just had two back-to-back, a 76-point half and a 72-point half. Back to back halves on us like that, no resistance whatsoever. Yeah, it wasn't like they got hot from the from three. They they just beat yeah, and, and they could have probably scored more.
0: Down. They could have scored more. Paul George didn't play a lot in the fourth quarter, and right. his stat line was ridiculous. thirty six and seven right. and four like steals something like that? It was just like ridiculous. Right. Um. I I mean, what are some trends you saw in, in those games, uh, Cameron?
1: It's the same stuff that's been going on. Horrible for the, this past month. Horrible three-point shooting and uh, horrible defense. I mean, J.R. Smith in January, I hate to keep bragging on him, but do it, do the guy's 32% from the field, 24% from three, averaging six points a game. Uh-huh. And he's playing 28 minutes per game, your second most minutes on the team. A- against the, uh, the Spurs game that we had just lost recently, the guy has zero points in 28 minutes. How's your starting shooting guard not score? It's kind of, I don't know what could possibly be going on. How do to me, how does J.R. Smith play in a game and not score? Yeah. That he, he's too, he was too much of a, too good of an NBA player for that to happen. Or I mean, maybe he was too good of an NBA player for that to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, you
1: know? Talk
0: us through some of these rotations and some of these uh, like lineups that, that coach Lou is working through. Um, what, what is he doing?
1: Well, the Cavs starters are – the the starting lineup of Isaiah, J.R., Jay Crowder, LeBron, and Kevin Love is the fifth worst total lineup in the NBA in terms of field goal – opponent field goal percentage. Yep. They allow 52.5% shooting from the field. That's the fifth worst lineup in the whole entire NBA, not mm-hmm. just starting lineup, every single lineup combination, five-man lineup combination in the league. That, that lineup's allowing 119 points per 100 possessions. That's ridiculous. At this point now, the Cavs are 29th in defensive rating. The only team that's worth is worse is Sacramento Kings, and they have five rookies on that team. Yeah. It's mm. it's gotten to the point where you could almost see that they, they, they give no effort on defense sometimes. So what
0: is the biggest difference, Cameron, between the 13-game win streak and this – Slump that we're in, like, is it the fact that we are playing D Rose and Tristan? I mean, is that, I mean, those are just at face value the biggest. We're healthier. It's playing, but I mean, are those really huge wrinkles?
1: I hate to, I hate to be someone to to rag on Isaiah Thomas, but since his return, or how about we'll go before his return? LeBron, thirty-seven minutes per game, fifty-six percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three. 77% 77% from the line, 28-8-9. and nine. Since Isaiah has returned, 35 minutes a game, he's shooting 50%, 23% from three, 23-7-7. Seven, seven. Isaiah's got a usage rate of 32. Kevin Love during that, that period when he's back, usage rate of 23. So Isaiah Thomas is using the ball roughly as much as Kyrie Irving was last year, and he's shooting 35% from the field. Yeah. I, it's, I, I hate to, sit, to, to be a guy to rag on him again. He's one be of the worst – He's one of the worst defenders in the NBA. There's no hiding that. But you can't be that bad on defense, hold the ball that much, shoot that bad from the field. The guy's just got to play better. I know he's just coming back too, but he's, he's got to play better. Jay Crowder, again, got to play better. JR, you guys, they got to play better. It's, it's, really, it's really what it comes down to is, is the players that you're counting on, they got to play. Well,
0: I'll say this about Jay Crowder. Um, last year, when the Cavs played the Celtics in the in the playoffs, and we were leaving him wide open, I, I wanted him to shoot. Every time Jay Crowder shot the ball last year, I thought, "Oh, that, that's a that's a win for the Cavs." And yeah. he, and the fact that he's on our team now, I, I I I'm not a big Jay Crowder fan. I'm not a big. Um, you just see my tweet earlier. I said that uh, this will tell you how I feel about Todd Haley. I said Todd <laughs> Haley is the Jay Crowder of the NFL.
1: Yeah. Well. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully they both, can in your opinion, can turn it around for our sake. Yeah, because I don't know, he, I, I don't know either. It, he's right. he's struggling. I would I would not uh, I would not be hesitant to include him in, in some sort of package if no. we could get someone better back. That's for so
0: sure. we uh, r- really tough week fourteen going into our our final segment week fifteen slate. We have three games again this week, Cameron. Uh, we've already played one. We 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 dropped to the Quilus, the Manuless Spurs. Sure. Just, let me repeat that Paug- again. Paul Gasolus. Quilus, Paulus, and Manuless Spurs. 114 to 102 in San Antonio. That was on Tuesday. We play on Friday, the Pacers come to uh, the queue. And on Sunday, the Pistons come come to Cleveland. Cameron, if we lose these next two, is Tyloo
1: gone? I said it
0: joking earlier, but um, I with, know, with the firing of, of Jason Kidd, I mean, this something has to be done. That that will reach a, a boiling point.
1: Yeah, it would, I would, I would assume so. However, I don't think that that will be the case. So let's just uh, <laughs> hope not, because we don't want it to get that bad. Mm. A win against the Pacers will be, is a good game. On a Friday night, Pacers at home, they're a playoff team. they got an all-star, Victor Oladipo. Cavs sh- should be able to take care of them at home.
0: These aren't easy games. The Pacers always play us tough, no matter where, oh. where that is. And the Pistons, man, I mean, I feel like the Pistons are made to play the Cavs really tough. They're grit and grind on defense, and they are incredibly efficient on offense. Yeah. Uh, and so honestly, man, I have a really bleak outlook. Um, I I think the Pacers are playing harder. Uh, and so I think that gives them an advantage. I think the Pistons play incredible defense. And uh, the fact that they're not having players' meetings and stepping over guys and they get knocked down, I, I would say you know, something has to be done. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to this. To these next the, couple games.
1: I, I think they need to get Kevin Love mo- way more involved. How's the guy shoot only eight shots again against the Spurs? The guy's 10 and 12. What have What is that game if he shoots 18 shots? He's going to have like 30 and, tw- and 12. You got to give the guy the ball.
0: We will see. So, uh,
1: Cameron, what, what are some of your final thoughts, man? They just – they need to get a couple solid wins under their belt. Go through – they're going through adversity together. It's – Anytime you're in a sport that build that can build you or it can break you, yeah. so they need to let this. They need to let it build them. You go through the adversity, you win a couple tough games together, and it 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 makes you even stronger. So, yeah. I think but they just need to. They once the, once these trades come through, if and when they need to really stick their head down, get to the grind and get some wins.
0: Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. If you can send us an email, a podcast at CavsOnTheBreak.com. You can follow Cameron. Cameron, where can we follow you at? At Cameron Carlin. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Chase Smith. Cameron, you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, man. Mike Breed, take us out! Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.